DW Africa Link Every year on 1st December the world commemorates World AIDS Day People around the world unite to show support for people living with and affected by HIV and remember those who lost their lives to AIDS The theme of this year's World AIDS Day is Let Communities Lead The day is more than a celebration of the achievements of communities it is a call to action to enable and support communities in their leadership roles. I'm Isaac Mugabe, and you're listening to the story of the week on DW Africa Link. First, the world news in brief, and I'll be back with more about World AIDS Day. DW News. Good day. I'm Sir Tal Sanderson with the news on Africa Link. We start with the latest in the Middle East as Israel resumed fighting Hamas forces in Gaza today. This came mere minutes after a temporary ceasefire deal had ended. Israel accused Hamas of having violated the truce and Hamas blamed Israel for declining its offer to free more hostages. Qatar, in its role as mediator, said that efforts were ongoing to renew the ceasefire and expressed, quote, deep regret over the resumption of hostilities. Over 100 Israeli hostages were freed during the seven-day truce, most of whom appeared physically well, but shaken from the events of recent weeks and months. Israel says that around 125 people are still being held hostage. And in African news, Guinea-Bissau's army announced that it was holding the leader of the security forces unit in custody. This follows overnight clashes in the capital, Bissau, during which the exchange of gunfire could be heard between members of the National Guard and Presidential Guard Special Forces, according to the news agency Agence France Presse. National Guard soldiers had attempted to free two members of the government who had been questioned by police on Thursday on fraud allegations. But stability appears to have returned to the streets as regional forces deployed by the West African ECOWAS bloc were seen on patrols. You're listening to the news on Africa Link, brought to you by DW. The European Union and the United States are leading international calls for Andriy Rajoelina to ease political tensions in Madagascar after his presidential election win was confirmed by a top court. The Constitutional Court rejected opposition complaints of fraud and said that Rajoelina had secured 59% of the vote in the November 16th election. The 49-year-old former party organizer is now clear to start a second straight term without the need for a runoff vote. However, 11 opposition candidates have meanwhile declared that they would continue to reject the election results, alleging that it was, quote, riddled with irregularities. This comes after 10 other opposition figures had boycotted the vote in protest. In South Africa, the Department of Home Affairs has decided to extend the work permits of 178,000 Zimbabweans in the country to 2025. This comes after threatening repeatedly in the past to terminate the visas and issuing a court order to that effect. However, that order was defeated in a challenge brought forward by the Helen Salzman Foundation. Under the extension, Zimbabweans will now be entitled to apply for new exemption permits and register their children born in South Africa. The exemption also applies for nationals of Lesotho living in South Africa. December 1st marks World AIDS Day, dedicated to raising awareness of the global AIDS pandemic, which is caused by the spread of the human immunodeficiency viruses, HIV. The African continent continues to be disproportionately affected by the disease, which, if left untreated, is deadly. 
26 million people have HIV/AIDS across Africa, with the incidence rate surpassing 15 to 20 percent of the population in most of southern Africa. According to the WHO, about 20 percent of carriers in Africa do not even know that they are HIV positive. But there are positive developments as well. The number of deaths in Africa has been halved over the past decade to less than half a million. And there's more about World AIDS Day on the program, so please stay tuned. And that's all the news for today. Thank you for listening. I'm Sir Thomas Anderson. Welcome to the story of the week with me, Isaac Mugabe. Globally, around 9.2 million people living with HIV today do not have access to life-saving treatment. Every minute, a life is lost to AIDS. That's according to the United Nations Program on HIV/AIDS, UNAIDS. The UN agency adds that the global response to AIDS is under threat because of an unprecedented backlash against human rights that is stigmatizing the groups most at risk of HIV infection. Another challenge communities are facing is lack of funds to support HIV and AIDS programs. Here's a report by DW's James Shimanyula on how South Sudan is in dire need of funds to increase awareness about HIV and AIDS. UNAIDS says that one in every four persons living with HIV in South Sudan knows their status. However, Lord Dati, the country director of UNAIDS in South Sudan, says there is still work to be done to improve access to HIV treatment. UNAIDS, what we do is to mobilize partners, resources, generate data, help everybody to understand what is happening. We work with. Partners to look at resources required globally. Of all people who are HIV positive, 59% are suppressed. In South Sudan, it's only 14%. So we are lagging behind. We need to rally everybody around and ensure that we are all addressing the issue. In addition to that, cases of discrimination against people living with AIDS are very common in South Sudan, as Lai Lole, the director of South Sudan Network of People Living with AIDS, explains. We need to have zero discrimination on HIV and AIDS because of the lack of the education. They do not understand what HIV means. They begin discriminate people in the workplace, in the family. And this creates a stress, and that stress alone is a disease because somebody is isolated by people. Peter Garang, in his late twenties, is the head of AIDS Network, an anti-governmental organization in South Sudan. He says 73% of the country's population, which is under the age of 30, has false information about. The existence of HIV and AIDS. Though we are the majority, it is something very difficult、uh, as young people to accept the fact that HIV exists and that we should go for appropriate measures of preventing ourselves. The World Health Organization (WHO) says of the global total of 34 million women and men living with HIV today, the vast majority, an estimated 23.5 million or 69 percent, live in. Sub-Saharan Africa. Zabidi Musa is the director of another non-governmental organization called Aljanub South AIDS. She says contracting HIV should not be seen as a death sentence. People should look at HIV in a broader picture, not look at it as the end of life. Look at HIV the same way you look at malaria. Continuously encourage the people living with HIV to live long. 
in its 2023 long report titled The Path That Ends AIDS, UNAIDS says HIV infections have dropped by 57% since 2010 in Eastern and Southern Africa as Botswana, Eswatini, Rwanda, Tanzania, and Zimbabwe have achieved what it calls the 95-95-95 targets. What this means is that 95% of people living with HIV know their HIV status, 95% know that they are living with HIV, being on life-saving, antiretroviral treatment, and 95% are on treatment. Thank you, James Shimanyula, for that report. If you've just joined us for this week's edition, the story of the week on DW Africa Link, our focus today is the World AIDS Day, and this year's theme is Let Communities Lead. To protect everyone's health, we must protect everyone's human rights. Communities are not in the way, they light the way. On World AIDS Day, I say to you all, let communities lead. That is Winnie Bianima, head of the United Nations AIDS program. We shall hear more from her later on. A brief background of World AIDS Day is that it is celebrated around the world on December 1st each year. It has become one of the most recognized international health days and a key opportunity to raise awareness, commemorate those who have passed on, and celebrate victories such as increased access to treatment and prevention services. South Africa remains the epicenter of the HIV and has the highest number of people infected by the virus. That's according to a 2019 UNAIDS report. 20% of all people living with HIV are in South Africa. The country also faces a high burden of tuberculosis, TB, including multidrug-resistant TB, which amplifies its HIV epidemic. And to find out more on how people are dealing with the HIV pandemic, DW's Tuzo Kumalo hit the streets of Johannesburg. World AIDS Day for me is a day to look at the lives that we have lost through HIV, those who were infected by HIV and couldn't disclose their status or they couldn't get medication because we live in a world of inequality where there are some communities that are stigmatized when they come out to speak out that they have HIV and some of them they do not get medication that they can use. So this day for me, it's a day to reflect on those that have left us and those that are still stigmatized. It's the day where we remind ourselves of the fallen heroes. It's the day where we remind ourselves where are we in terms of to ensure that we educate uh, communities about HIV, NTP and other related uh, diseases to HIV. It's the day where we revisit our focus, what have we achieved as a country, is where we look as an activist, what have we done to ensure that you are having a better access for all. Uh, World AIDS Day doesn't mean anything to me, especially after the COVID-19 has hit the world. Now it's just like 
any other normal disease, I can say so. But we have to still talk about it. We have kids. We have people who doesn't know about HIV. We have people who are still ignorant that HIV will still affect them. We have done very well in making sure that we find the new cases and we initiate people on treatment. Also, in making sure that all those who need a treatment, they do have access to treatment. But also, we have done very well in terms of reducing new infections. Yes, the new infections are stubbornly high amongst young women because of the socioeconomical issues. Uh, but at the very same time, we have done very, very well. Indeed, uh, we are starting to see the fruits of our investment that we're seeing in the country. But we need also to invest a lot of a community-based and community-led kind of HIV response. I think what they've done good is to put PrEP tablets because now you can be in love with someone who's got HIV, who's HIV positive. And then as long as the person is taking his or her medication right and you, the one who's negative is taking PrEP, you can even get married to each other. There is nothing to fear there. So I think to introduce the PrEP, that was a good thing. The South African government has failed the citizen, especially when it comes to young people who are not fully told about HIV and AIDS. They don't have any information or awareness about the effects of having HIV and AIDS. Especially when it comes to girls who are dating older people whom they are already infected with HIV and AIDS. We need the government to teach more young people about HIV and AIDS, especially in school and in varsities, because that's where we found girls who date older people for money. So if we can do that as a country, we would have less people who are infected with HIV and AIDS. We need a very responsive government and committed one. And we need a government that will not be only good and writing good policies, communicating good policies, but implementation is something else. And we need a government that will commit and work with civil society so that we can be able to overcome these challenges. By the way we do things now, we don't see ourselves ending AIDS by 2030. So we need to do more. And it's more especially for young people and uh, key populations. South Africans speaking about HIV and AIDS. And the World AIDS Day, the theme this year is Let Communities Lead. Well, to mark the day, the UNAIDS Executive Director, Winnie Bianyima, saluted community leadership in countries in sub-Saharan Africa for building stronger and healthier societies. This World AIDS Day is not only a moment to honor the leadership of communities, though. It is a call to action to governments to fully support communities' life-saving work and to remove the barriers that stand in their way. Too often, community leadership is unacknowledged, under-resourced, and in some places, even 
under attack. The executive director, Winibianyima, however, urged governments, international organizations, and partners to ensure that communities are properly resourced. This backsliding in commitment has left many community-led organizations struggling to survive and deliver to their people. And this is costing lives. I urge governments to protect everyone's human rights. Right now, we see anti-human rights, anti-women's rights, and anti-democracy forces threatening the work and lives of our brave community leaders. But we must be hopeful and we must remain vigilant in defense of human rights. Now, to help us delve deeper into how communities can be empowered to deal with challenges people living with HIV and AIDS face, I'm now joined by Kilford Zimondi, the country director of Humana People to People in South Africa. I think I'll make a presentation at two levels in a way. As Humana People to People South Africa, we are part of the International Federation Humana People to People which is also implementing different HIV AIDS programs in, in the Southern region, in Asia and in Latin America. But in South Africa, our history in the fight against HIV and AIDS dates back to 2003, thereabout, where we had some two pilot programs in Soweto, in Gauteng, that is Johannesburg, and in the Waterbeck district. And, and it was modeled on a, on a flagship program that was developed by Humana People to People internationally called Total Control of the Epidemic. And the political ethos behind the whole program is on empowering the individual to have total control of the epidemic in their own life, regardless of their status. If they are negative, uh, they are informed, educated, counseled, and empowered to remain with their HIV-negative status. If they are positive, they are also, again, educated, informed, counseled, and supported to live with HIV and AIDS. And, and we started, like I said, in 2004 with uh, two programs in Gauteng and in, 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 in Limpopo. And we rolled the program up to five provinces uh, where we had an equivalent of, uh, I think, 1,000, 1,002 community health workers. And our main area of focus is to have somebody who is available at the community with the basic facts, with information, and they reach out to the community on an individual basis with tailor-made presentation to the individual, but with that capacity to build the rapport with the individual so that the individual can be able to ask all the questions and together our field officers will be able to find solutions to various challenges that, that, that people uh, face. And the program has evolved to a stage where we are now, where you are looking for that person in any community when you have mapped thoroughly who is most likely to test HIV AIDS positive. We do index patient testing in communities so that we can follow and then we support those who have tested positive. We support that we refer get them on treatment and those who are in treatment are supported to secure that they are virally surprised. We have got two main programs 
a sex work program that's a key population program funded by Global Fund in Limpopo and in KwaZulu-Natal. And then we have got about five programs that are funded by the National Department of Health and two provincial governments, uh, the provincial government of Gauteng and the provincial government of um, the Eastern Cape. And, and the programs, they, they, they work with the 395-95-95, you know, uh, map and find people, test them, get them on treatment, and secure that they are supported to be virally suppressed. It sounds like you are doing a great job. So my question now is, what kind of impact has your work had on people living with HIV and AIDS in South Africa and in the various provinces that you work in? Yeah, I think you can say that... Um, Tremendous impact, but I think I should also put a disclaimer, you know, because, you know, the, the whole uh, fight against HIV and AIDS, it's, it's a um, multi-sectoral effort. Uh, so whatever we are doing is a contribution to the effort of many um, organizations for people living with HIV and AIDS, NGOs that are in this space. The government of South Africa itself, you know, it has had a lot of programs that has got impact, you know, in connection with the World AIDS Day. The government just recently launched a, a survey that is indicating actually that the, there is a drop in the number of people uh, living with HIV and AIDS in South Africa, with uh, going down the prevalence of around 12%. So that, 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 that's an impact in itself. But coming at the local level, the impact is such that they need, you know, people are mobilized to have access to services, people are mobilized to have information, you know, to... Um, to be able to deal with uh, stigma and discrimination. People are empowered, you know, to, to, to learn, to realize, um, uh, and, and to be strong enough to access uh, medication, which is helping, you know, empowered to be able also to negotiate condom use. So it's a broad array of, of uh, impact that, that when you look back 15, 20 years back and where we are now, there is tremendous impact in, 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 in that people are more than aware, are capacitated to be able to access services and are able to use uh, services and live positively um, even when they are living with HIV. Well, I believe that in your line of duty, you've encountered uh, communities dealing with challenges. Uh, and I want to put this to you. What are some of those challenges you see? that are there in eradicating tuberculosis in rural areas, which to largely foments the spread of HIV and AIDS in South Africa? I think um, one of the main in general is, is you know, the myths and misconceptions, they still persist. They still need for people to, to, to be mobilized. They still need for uh, to find people's screen and be able to refer those who refer them for, for diagnosis so that they are able to know uh, and be put uh, on treatment. Exactly. And on that very point, uh, there's that issue of knowledge sharing to fight the stereotypes and, uh, I mean, the fight against HIV and AIDS. Are there some positive strides that your organization has registered in kind of sensitizing the, the public about doing away with those stereotypes and engage in, uh, and embrace, rather, voluntary testing? Yeah. I mean, a, a, a lot, if you look in the South African uh, setting, I think over the years, you can see a lot of tremendous gain, you know, from from a, a, a period in the 2003, 2005, when, when we started 
you know, testing facilities were available. Uh, people could be tested in the clinics, but the uptake was not uh, very strong. You know, people had myths and misconceptions. They were not very sure. Antiretroviral treatment was not available, and, and people were not sure. So if I got tested, what do I do with uh, with the result to today? When, when uh, for example, uh, Humana people to people, among many other players, we do home-based testing. You know, our equivalent of community health workers, they can go in informal settlements and, and test people in the comfort of their homes, be able to counsel them, provide information, refer them, uh, because then you have got bi-referral linkages with service providers, with health facilities. You can refer a person who can be in, uh, on, on, a, on, on treatment within 24 hours. In the presence of, organi- of organizations like Humana to Humana, Sometimes government officials tend to sit back and relax and leave organizations like yours to do the donkey work. How closely are you working with the other stakeholders, particularly the government, in in mobilizing and sensitizing the public about HIV and AIDS? Because for many years, South Africa has always been up there when it comes to high numbers of positive people. The picture is very different in South Africa. I think the, the government of South Africa, the Department of Health, um, and and um, the SANAC, they are in the forefront. You know, they are providing the, the leadership on what needs to be done. Um, and and they, they are working with all the stakeholders, um, you know, us who are in, in the um, uh, civil society sector. We have got a civil society uh, forum at SANAC, um, a civil society, like I indicated in the introduction, uh, Humana People to People and many other organizations. We actually receive funding from the National Department of Health, from the Gauteng Provincial Department of Health, from the Eastern Cape Department of Health, and I'm sure uh, other organizations are also receiving uh, from other provinces. But as for us, we are receiving from those two. And, and, and it is funding on, uh, on, on, um, on the provision of comprehensive HIV testing services in, in, in the communities because they are aware that uh, much as the clinics are delivering you know, services to by, by large, the highest numbers in, in, in any district, there are pockets and corners where an, an NGO or a CBO would have more access, you know, and, and to, to supplement and to complement what the government is doing. There is um, um, also collaboration with, you know, international partners, um, funding from your USAID, your global fund. Uh, is also channeled in 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 the fight against HIV, and us as NGOs, we are able to also access that funding with the support of the government. And like I also indicated in all our programming, uh, we are guided by the Department of Health. Our uh, field officers or community health workers, you know, they are trained on a curriculum that is approved by the Department of Health. We invite officials to come and and and. Um, uh, train our our community health workers. We 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 operate out of clinics. We we are part of um, the health councils at the district level, at the provincial level, up to the SANAC level. Because then there we remain, you know, under the leadership of uh, of the government in terms of policies and in terms of the strategic direction that should happen in the fight. Uh, against HIV. Well, Mr. Zimoni, before I let you go, uh, one more question for you here. For many years, it has been problematic to change social attitudes and norms 
in order to create an enabling environment that promotes equal access to medication, especially for LGBTQ communities. And you know, this has been a big challenge, you know, for these groups to have access to medication and counseling, not only in South Africa, but almost everywhere. Why and what needs to be done to change that? Yeah, I think, I think it, it, it has been a challenge. I agree. But I, within the South African context, we can say that there, there have been inroads and, and there are changes and positive changes as such. Um, and, and, and part of it for me, is also part of what we believe in uh, as humana people to people is the people to people aspect. So you know when you have peer uh, educators in programs from the LGBT plus community, for instance, it helps to to access uh, collaborating with organizations. You know, uh, for example, as humana people to people, when we start a program, and, and that's also the practice in many. Um, uh, by many organizations, you know, you have to map uh, your community. Who is who in that community? What are the issues? So that you are able to address, you know, the challenges across the different communities that you find in in the in the area of uh, in the area of operation. Thank you, Kilford Zimondi, for that insight on community leadership and why LGBTQ groups should not be stigmatized when they seek medication for HIV. That's all we had for you. Thank you for listening. I'm Isaac Mugabe, your host for this edition of the Store of the Week with producer Crispin Mwakidewu and the rest of the team at DW Africa Link. Have a splendid weekend. <laughs>